Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. There's a lot of different ideas about what peace is in the world. It's Mother's Day weekend, and maybe you're looking ahead to spending time with your mom, or maybe Mother's Day weekend is a really difficult day for you, one, because your mom is no longer here on earth, or because your mom never was a part of your life. Either way, there are situations, whether it relates to our moms or not, that we feel peaceless. So where can we find peace with all the fighting, all the grief, all the pain that we deal with day in and day out? Well, I have to tell you this, there is a depressingly relentless cycle of political strife and military conflict between peoples, nations, and religious cultures in our world. There's constant suspicion and segregation in our cities and communities between black and white, rich and poor, right wing, left wing, the list goes on. There's even tension between colleagues at work, cruelty and hurt in our homes. Is it possible for human beings to stop fighting? Can there ever be lasting peace within our communities and cultures? The answer is yes. There is a peace and unity that happens between people when they come to know Jesus. He unifies us in the only way possible. There really is no greater hope for peace. I can't thank you enough for listening to this podcast. and I'm so excited to share with you just how incredible the peace of our God is. On a scale of thumbs up to thumbs down, how would you rate your conflict resolution skills? So thumbs up, you live to make peace between people. That's your thing. Thumbs middle, you can do it, but you'd rather avoid it. And you have thumbs down, you live to pour gasoline on the fire of conflict. Those are your three thumbs choices. So how would you rate yourself? As much as me personally, as much as I would like to be a thumbs up conflict resolver, if I'm being honest with myself, I trend much more toward avoidance rather than confrontation, rather than resolution. It's fair to say that all of us from little on have been placed in conflict situations, whether it's over a Barbie or how to finance your retirement. And often it feels like we only have two choices. Fight back by exerting your will, make someone submit to you, or the other choice, avoiding it altogether. The challenge for us, of course, is that we don't have to go out of our way to find conflict. It's everywhere. Click on any political social media post, and what you'll find in the comments section, it's not peace and harmony between people. Walk into the electronic sections in Walmart and... You may hear a child or two and a parent or two arguing over a video game. Get on the turnpike, if you've ever been to South Florida, and experience what a world without any notion of peace and tranquility is like. That's what the turnpike is. 
but of course we're not simply casual third-party observers of conflict are we we know what it's like to be in the thick of it it is mother's day weekend after all as we thank god for mothers and for the positive female role models that god has placed in our lives but such personal thoughts can't help but bring to mind personal conflicts it's no secret that the family unit in america is hurting and maybe that's where your family is right now there are these emotional walls between you and your loved ones this hostility that's said or left unsaid that makes you feel separated and you feel like there are only two choices set before you avoiding the conflict or fighting to exert your will and neither option seems too realistic in bringing true peace into your life what if there's a third choice now, in general, as we dis- we're going to discover that third choice today, God's going to reveal that to us. Uh, but in general, we as Americans struggle with conflict resolution. And I'm not just talking about Capitol Hill or the debt ceiling, but about the everyday level of life. Maybe you can remember a time when people didn't have high walls separating yards. Maybe you can recall as a kid walking down any street in your neighborhood with the only rule being, be home by supper time. Today is much different, and yet it's really much the same. It's clear to see where most Americans stand when it comes to resolving conflict. People have so many platforms to express their views, but this expression often isn't for the sake of beneficial conversation, but to find superficial affirmation. What our society sees as peace is letting every viewpoint have equal status, letting people be, and if we all stay in our lanes, if we all avoid talking about the disagreement, then we'll have peace. But is that really peace? Avoiding it, staying in our lane? The Ephesians bought into this conflict avoidance strategy too. Now, if you went to one of their house churches, they didn't worship in a big building like we're in, they worshiped in their homes. And if you went to one of those gatherings, you'd what you'd likely find are people smiling, engaging in small talk, worshiping together, all good things. Except beneath the surface, there was a wall. In these churches, you had Jewish believers and Gentile or non-Jewish believers. And whether they verbalized it or not, they saw a wall. When Paul here in Ephesians 2 talks about the circumcision versus the uncircumcision, that's what he's getting at. Many believers thought Jewish believers are in a way closer to God because of their ethnicity and history. In this tight-knit church family, which had been through a whole bunch of adversity, there was a conflict bubbling beneath the small face or smiling face, small talk surface. The temptation was there, and it was this. Avoid talking about that wall of hostility, and you'll have peace. Now, I know what I'm about to ask is a very intrusive question. And it may make you uncomfortable. But why else would you be listening to this podcast unless you desperately want God's truth to expose the darkness still lurking within us so that he can bring his light and his healing powers of grace? So here we go. Here's the question. Are you underestimating, doubting, and minimizing what the peace of Jesus can do? I know this is going to get personal, but we need to go there. 
Is Mother's Day something you'd rather avoid? Is it that annual tradition for you to process yet again the pain of a mother figure in your life who's either gone or who was gone from your life even even before she died? Is Mother's Day in your family that time when you all get together and you put your happy face on, but there are conflicts ready to burst any minute? Now, there may be no more socially awkwardness. There may, there may be no more social awkwardness than, to the point of emotional pain than sitting in a room filled with people you're supposed to be close with, all the while avoiding the very wall that's pushing you away. Can you see what the problem is? So often we settle for this avoidance kind of peace. That's the standard for peace in our world, that if we all just leave each other alone, avoiding confrontation, avoiding conflict, that's the best chance we have at peace. See, that's this whole idea, this lie, that as long as we can put on a happy face and avoid the walls of hostility, then we will experience tranquility and harmony. But that's not how real peace works. Peace requires the sacrifice of coming near. Peace doesn't happen by avoiding thinking less, creating more distance, and building more walls. Peace requires a first move. The peace of Jesus has overcome the infinite distance, the gigantic infinite wall between us and God called sin. And yet we doubt and we minimize the reality that Jesus died not only to bring peace between us and God, but between us and other people. And we avoid distance and separate we're saying that god's peace isn't enough isn't effective or would only make things worse so what god needs to do for us today in his grace through his word is to open our eyes again to the full extent of the peace only jesus can give if you think your family conflict maybe even the disconnect with your mom is impossible to reconnect god wants you to know the power of his peace As the Ephesian Christians were struggling with conflict avoidance, Paul walks into a potentially awkward conversation. I mean, not to mention the fact that we're talking about circumcision. Can't get more awkward than that, I feel like. But he needed to bring Jesus into that conversation. So much for don't talk about religion or politics. That's exactly where Paul's going. But before he does, he gives him a reality check. Because to truly treasure Jesus, who himself is our peace, The Ephesians, just like us, needed to realize just how disconnected we once were from God. Paul writes this. He says, you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners of the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. In other words, sin created a wall between God and humanity. To be in God's family, to experience God's peace, we couldn't come close to it. In fact, what does Paul say? We were without hope. And without God. The wall was there and in our sin, we couldn't care less. God could have rightfully avoided us. But instead, look what he does. Paul writes this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. That passive, God was the one who brought us near. We couldn't do it. He was the one who did through the blood of Jesus. Jesus made the first move to create true, lasting, life-changing, eternal, life-giving, wall 
busting peace with God by shedding his own blood. The blood that tore down the hostility of sin that kept us from his loving presence. For all the times we've avoided conflict, underestimated God's peace, or desired to simply force people to agree with us, Jesus shed his blood, tore down the wall, and gave us peace. You know what that peace is? Well, look at what Paul says. He says, he himself, Jesus, is our peace. He broke down the barrier between us and God, and not only did he reconcile us to God, what else does Paul say? He says his purpose, this is Jesus, his purpose was to create in himself one person out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. So Jesus, he shed blood, not only so that we could have access to God, access to the Father, he shed his blood so we could be at peace with one another. You and I, who are once so far away, now we're not aliens or strangers to God, but members of God's household, Paul writes. Members of God's family, just like we're celebrating this weekend, Dwayne and James and Gamma becoming baptized children of God. Children of God who hear Jesus preach peace to those who are far and those who are near through the Bible. Did Jesus cross the greatest distance ever from heaven to earth because there was something between you and him? There was a wall keeping him from you. Your sin made it impossible to be in God's presence. So Jesus took on our skin, followed everything God said to a T, and then even as we still pushed him away, he went to the cross, rose again, made all things right that sin had made wrong between us and God. I hope you know how this peace and why this peace is so personal, not only for you, but for Jesus. This peace point is something I cannot thank my own mom enough for. My mom is without a doubt the person who made the biggest impact on me growing up. Of course, just like for all of us, not all that impact was perfect, but there was one thing she would always say that I will never be able to thank her enough for. And no, it wasn't don't get your undies in a bundle because she did say that to me a lot when I would get upset about really, really pointless things. It is good advice, fantastic advice, don't get me wrong, but the one thing that I remember saying a lot, especially when I was scared, anxious, nervous, she would say, remember, Johnny, nothing is bigger than Jesus. That's peace. Real peace, conflict-resolving peace. If we were to find true biblical peace, it would be this, the intentional nearness of Jesus. Intentional in that he willed it to happen in our lives and also how we long to be intentional ourselves about finding our peace only in being near to Jesus. In fact, the the great author and literary critic C.S. Lewis, he put it this way, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. So if Jesus could resolve the sin, death, evil hostility between us and God, What does that tell you about the conflict going on in your family right now? If Jesus was willing to come so near to you that he became one of us and died for you, what does that tell you about the intentional nearness of Jesus in your life? He doesn't run away from conflict. He stands through it all. And we have a conflict with God himself. And maybe that's how you felt for a long time because you didn't have the mom you needed. Or you haven't had the family to support you. And you can't help but blame God. When we have a conflict with him, he doesn't go away from us. 
He keeps listening and responds to us through the Bible. If Jesus shed his own blood to bring bring reconciliation between you and them, do you really think his peace doesn't have the capability of bringing peace between you and your family members? He can. And he does. Jesus' cross didn't just knock down the wall between you and God. It knocks every wall down that we place between us and others. Remember, you're in God's family, a family built on Jesus and his peace, a foundation set by the prophets and apostles, the word of God that endures forever. Do you see how amazing and life-changing God's peace is? It's constant. It's secure. It's never failing. His peace dwells within you. His peace makes you a peacemaker. God's peace doesn't avoid, it heals. And I can say that because I've seen it. In the last church I served at, I got a call one Monday morning from a member who could barely get the words out. She was so choked up and she said, Pastor Johnny, our daughter just told us she's a lesbian. Her daughter was about 16, 17 years old. This mom talked about how her daughter told her that if her mom wouldn't approve, she'd never talk to her again. I remember sitting with them in a classroom in our church, the awkwardness and disconnect, it was so thick. And after we talked for a while, the mom said, Pastor, I need to pray. And she did it out loud with us in there. She talked about Jesus bringing peace, bringing hope, bringing his grace. And for the next three months, it was hard. There were more tears. But those two parents, they clung to the peace of Jesus. They connected their daughter with a Christian counselor over an hour and a half away, drove her there for weeks, prayed with her, moved her into a new school. And I'll never forget them coming to church and seeing mom and daughter arm in arm smiling as they sang hymns together. That's the peace of God. That's the peace that is within you that inspires you not to avoid conflict, but to approach it knowing what God's peace can do. It's conflict resolution option number three, trusting in the peace of Jesus. If you're in God's family, what seriously is the worst that can happen? The God who came near to you will always stay near to you. That's peace. So here's the opportunity before you as you think about that intentional nearness of Jesus. Think about the tension between you and someone you love. Remember the hope you have in Jesus, the peace that transcends all understanding that guards your heart and your mind. Reach out to that person. Not to exert your will, not to beat around the bush, but simply to say, I want to be connected. I want real peace between us. I know it's nothing we can make happen on our own, but I know Jesus can do it. Can we pray about it together? Let's join together as a church family and believers across this world, not avoiding conflict, but approaching it as, approaching it as we are led. Because we are led by the grace and the peace of God, Jesus, who himself is our peace. As you continue to live and breathe in the communities God has placed you in, your family, your neighborhood, your hangout spots, your workplace, your church family, you know conflict will come. But never forget who can tear down every last human-made wall we try to construct. Remember who approached you even as you and I ran away from him in our hopeless chasing of the world. Jesus, our peace. He shed his own blood so you could experience what peace is. What we have is something better than everyone staying in their lane. We have a hope that's guarded by God's peace, a family that will always be there, and a Father in heaven who promises you that you can always go to him. That's peace. That's the great amen. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. My prayers are with you as you live in God's peace now and always. God's blessings as you live for him.